I would like to turn to two portions of Scripture, John 17, verses 9 through 11. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. I'm reading John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning, please, with verse 23. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say to you, to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not, they still don't, that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, <clears throat> When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, Your belief is insufficient. Let me try it again. Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And, you English students, and conjunction. Joining two thoughts together, a conjunction. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. <clears throat> now I'm just about out of gas, and I'm about out of voice, but I ain't out of here. And I want to preach to you with the help of the Lord and your kind attention. Miraculous Power of Oneness, Part 5. I want to pose a question to this audience. And the question is in, is in essence the full scenario of what has been preached four previous nights. It has not been my design, my desire, my little program to preach you five sermons on the same subject. But God instructed me and dealt with me. And I am here in the absolute confidence of the Holy Ghost that God has had me come to you to challenge you with what I said for this reason. My question is simply, does it matter what we believe? Does it really matter as long 
as you're sincere and you believe. Jesus, with his own mouth, had just said in these words I read to you, if you don't believe I'm him, you're lost. If you don't believe I'm him, you will die in your sins. I think the Lord, with one sweeping declaration, has swept the board clean once and for all, that it matters to heaven whether we believe truth or not. He said in another place, you will not come to me that you might have life. In another place, he said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Stay with me now. One writer says, if you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. Does it matter whether we embrace and walk in truth or whether we are sincere? Does it matter whether we believe or we obey? Jesus said to those that believed, it's not enough. If you continue in my word, then you shall know the truth, and the truth, not your belief, the truth, not your belief, the truth, higher, deeper, revelation, the truth shall set you free. Please be seated. We live in a generation that proposes to the world, television, radio, literature, believe and you're saying that is not the truth. I propose to ask a question of the proponents of Acts who said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe what? Philippians Jesus did know these. Believe what? Then explained they the word of the Lord unto them. And the guy got water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does it matter what we believe? You better believe it matters what we believe. It's not whether we're sincere, it's whether we obey. Sit down. Does it matter whether we believe or is the gospel open to our opinion? Ask Adam and Eve whether it matters to be explicitly obedient. Does it really matter when God says cross the T and dot the I or is it just being sincere? You better ask King Saul. He lost the kingdom over sparing Ajax. Does it matter whether you obey or you just believe and sincere? You better ask Uzzah because he put his hand against the rock and God killed him. 
doesn't matter whether you can look to the glory of God without being protected by the blood of the Lamb. You better ask the men of Bethsaida, 50,070, died that afternoon when they went to look on the glory of God without the mercy seat. You can't approach the glory of God unless you come through the blood. You can't have the glory of God unless you've got a divine covering of the blood. And we know how to get the blood when we repent and are water baptized. The blood is a pride, and the next step is the glory. Sit down, please. Now don't wear yourself out because I'm just starting. I ain't got them serving yet. You don't have to jump up now. Where, where's Goliath? He ran away from home. I'm going to ask you a question. We need to find out tonight. Does it matter how we live? Certain religious movements, quote, that claim to be, quote, charismatic, full gospel, spirit-filled, believe that Jesus really thinks those bikinis are neat. Now, I don't see what a sunburned belly button would ever turn on deity, but somehow a charismatic seems to think that if you suntan before the Lord, that somehow that turns him on. Why don't we just be honest? Who are you dressing to please when you do that? Are you indulging your flesh? Are you trying to exercise your liberty? Doesn't matter how we look. Well, let's answer the question. No, you're not because you're the house of God. Does God care what his house looks like? I thought the Bible said we're supposed to dress modestly. I thought we're supposed to be sober. We're supposed to be pure. We're supposed to be clean. Sit down. Let me get to my message here. Does it matter how we live? Does it matter whether we date sinners and fall in love with heathens? Don't ask Solomon. He lost his soul over it. Here was a man who had a supernatural visitation from God, who God stood by him in a dream and gave him the wisest heart ever known. Yet the record says when he's an old man, he's fell in love with all these hot tomatoes and he's building altars to their heathen gods and he loses out with God. Is it okay if we date sinners and try to marry people outside the church? You better not ask Samson. It cost him his mouth. It cost him his hair. It cost him his freedom. It cost him his eyes. And it finally cost him his life. Well, does it matter? Does it matter how we live? Does it matter whether we hit and miss church? Does it really matter whether we never win souls? Does it matter if we run with rebels? Does it matter whether we just kind of come and we just kind of misbehave any way we want? Does it matter somehow, some way that we just kind of live in this filthy mess, this sloppy agape, this ooey gooey, Jesus loves everybody, sloppy, syrupy puke? Yeah, yeah. 
You're going to tell me that God's such an ignorant, foolish deity that he saves you as if he was some beggar looking for some bimbos to join his army? I'm going to go on record tonight. He's not a begging deity. He's not some flunky trying to acquiesce to you. He's the king. He's the majesty. He's the Lord of glory. He doesn't need us. We need him. He's already got eternal life. He is already the self-existent one. He doesn't need water. He doesn't need air. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need life. He is self-existent. Stay, stay where you are. Just be seated. Jesus told us, you must repent. And if you don't repent, you'll be lost. And we have a generation of TV preachers that wouldn't touch repentance if Jesus told them to touch it. We have possibility thinking. We have PMA. We have being the best you can be, the humanist movement. Just develop yourself. But my God, if you can develop yourself, God sure blew it when he hung on Calvary that day. Stay with me now. Don't go to sleep. Jesus said, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Well, you can't see the kingdom or you can't enter. Now listen to me, kiddies. We're living in a generation that doesn't believe that. As long as you're sincere. But when Aquila and Priscilla found Apollos, who had only the baptism of John, Eloquent, mighty in the scripture, a great orator. They pulled him aside and said, You're missing pieces of the puzzle, Flash. What we need to do is readjust our approach to people and not tell them they don't have anything. They do have something, but what they have is insufficient. We need to share with them something that they can add to what they already have to give them a new dimension in God. Now, I realize I'm, 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 I'm screaming. I realize that. But I'm going to say something. Is Acts 2.38 the new birth? Or are we lying? We're going to have to make up our minds. Is Acts 2.38 repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the first and original message the Catholic Pope preached? That's what they tell me. I was raised Roman Catholic. That's what they tell me. I was raised that way. Simon Peter was the first pope. That's what they teach. Well, man, I'll accept him as the first pope if you'll accept what he preached. That's what he preached. He preached Acts 2.38. He preached the new birth. He preached the inferring of the Holy Ghost. He preached water baptism in Jesus' name. Call him anything you want to. Listen to me. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm severe right now. I'm going to ask you a question. Does it matter tonight? Did you get me a job on time? Or just come when you need to? Just walk in and see the boss. You're an hour late and just say, button the lift, Jack. I'm here. You'll be thankful I'm here. Wait a minute. I'm coming on you. We got saints that come late, think nothing of it. 
You ought to be honest. Go into your job. That's gold, right? We'll do for gold, but we won't do for God. Does it matter if you pay your bills on time? It doesn't you want to have the lights on. Honey, we owe this bill. I'll pay it next month. Two days later, honey, you got any candles? I'd like to take a bath. Turn on the sprinkler. Stick with me now. Does it matter if you have a driver's license or you just promise to be safe? Are you driving? Yes, sir. You got a driver's license? Oh, no, but I didn't have to drive. Does it matter that you go to the grocery store and you don't pay for the groceries, but you tell them how hungry you are? Well, I need these groceries. Why? I'm hungry. Now, you might as well laugh because I'm coming on like acid. Does it matter whether we bathe our bodies or stink like a dead dog? Does it matter if we brush our teeth or kill all the clear atmosphere? Does it matter whether we wash our clothes? Does it matter what kind of food we eat? Whether we just give ourselves poison and cancer? Does it matter that when it's raining, roll your windows up, or do you just say, I'll leave them down? You're all laughing because you believe I'm telling you the truth. Does it matter whether you have gas in the tank of your car, or do you enjoy just sitting in the car? Let's get a little further. Does it matter whether you have a 400 horsepower engine and no oil? You know, the lower the oil, the louder the engine because of friction. The lower the oil, the higher the motor runs. Yeah, yeah. There is no room for tolerance and error in chemistry. If you want water, you have to have two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. There is no tolerance. You folks that are musicians, there is no tolerance in music. You have to have eight notes to an octave. You can't have sixteen. And you can't have two. You got to have eight. Oh no, I like to play with five. You don't have an octave. In mathematics, ladies and germsicles, there is no variance in the mathematics. Two plus two is four. Well, I believe two plus two is three. Well, you're a college grad. That's why you believe that. But two plus two is four. And I don't care how you cut it and how you curse about it. The times table is the times table. You can't do anything else without it. And subtraction works according to the principle of subtraction. There is no tolerance in mathematics. Now, I look stupid, but I'm not stupid. There's no tolerance in algebra, geometry, trigonometry, or calculus. The two angle, A plus P equals C. You can't go anywhere else. There's no tolerance. 
in surgery, when they get ready to put a, an operation on a spinal cord, he can't come in with a chainsaw. When he operates on the optic nerve of your eye, he can't use a fork. There's no tolerance for error. When he gets ready to give you a triple bypass, he can't just put a pig's heart in you. He can't just put some spaghetti in there. It's got to be precise. In automobiles, using the mechanics, there is no tolerance further than one one thousandth of an inch exactly in the pistons and the sleeves. One one thousandth. Now I'm getting to my sermon. I want to know how come when we come to the most important thing in the world, our salvation, it don't matter. Nobody's tape either. God just gave this to me. Ask Lucifer. For Lucifer said within his heart, I shall ascend 
and I will exalt my throne, and I will be like the Most High, and I will, and I will, and I will. But all of a sudden another voice comes in in Isaiah who heard the thinking of that spirit in the heart and said, you ain't going to do beans, Doc. You're fixing to get thrown slapped out of here. Listen to what I'm telling you. Doesn't matter how we conduct ourselves during worship. Well, Lucifer was in charge of heaven's worship. He was in charge of the music. He was in charge of the singing. He was in charge of all worship given to God. He was closest to the throne of any created being. Yet his heart was far from him that was on the throne. And when we worship, and our minds are elsewhere, and when we lift hands at a mechanical baloney, we are entering into the ministry of Lucifer, who close to God, but far from God. Honey, you couldn't get any closer to God's throne than Lucifer. He was the anointed cherub that covered it. He was the choir director. He was in charge of all angelic music and worship. Yet laying in his heart is rebellion. Does it matter when the choir sings and the quartet sings and you get your head turned crossways and your spirit, you get your little peacock feathers out there. You get all ticked off and you add nothing but division and discord to the thing because it wasn't the way you wanted it. My God, why don't you shut your ignorant face? Okay, stay with me now. Second Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12 says this. Because they received not a love for the truth. God. Everybody said God. Say God. Say God. God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie and be damned who never believed nor love the truth. God has answered my question. If you don't love the truth and walk in the truth and embrace the truth, don't worry about the devil. God is going to send you. I said, God is going to send you a strong delusion. God is going to send you a spirit of lying. And you're going to believe a lie. And you're going to be damned. You know what scares me about that, Reverend? When God sends you a strong delusion... Prayer can't be made. You have nobody to go to. Because he that was on the throne sent the spirit of lying. Read the rest of that verse. Here's what it says. That they might all be damned who believed not the singular possession, the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What did he say? They stretch grace until it becomes disgrace. They stretch Christian liberty until it becomes loose living. Well, God knows that I, I'm just, I'm just effeminate. Well, God knows I've, I've just never really been a ball player or anything. I, I'm just, oh yes, sissy. We 
we're getting too many boys among us wiggling their little fannies and ritualistic bunch of foolishness. You need to pray through and get the Holy Ghost and you ought to be a man. That is the vilest sin this side of eternity. Sit down a second. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm acid. I cannot, I, I'm just, I'm just so frank, I'm embarrassed. I just cannot fathom some slime bucket kissing some guy. I can't take that. No. And I can't hardly take a good-looking chick falling in love with another good-looking chick. Wait a minute. That's the spirit that's in our schools and in our generation and in our society. You need to stand up, my friend, and say that's of the devil. That is the most unclean, vicious, vile, filthy bunch of garbage that ever bust out of hell. Now I'm going to get to my sermon. One of the most miraculous facets of the doctrine of oneness is the power of releasing. The vision breeds weakness, destruction, distraction. Satan divides, the Savior unifies. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But the truth isn't just precept. The truth is a person. Stay with me now. Ephesians 4 tells us there is one God. The scripture says God is a spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is that Spirit. Come on, we're going to put it together for you kiddies. Acts 10.36 says, Jesus is Lord of all. Scripture says there is one Lord. Paul said on the road of Damascus, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who thou persecutest. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. And He was the life of men, and the Word, the Word, the Word became flesh. God became flesh. Hear what I'm telling you. I'm going to try it again. There is one God. There is one Lord. God is a spirit. That spirit is the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. And now the Lord gives us his name. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. 
Now, if God is the Lord, and the Lord is God, and if the Lord is that Spirit, and God is His Spirit, and the Spirit answers and says, I'm Jesus, guess who Jesus is? I just made it so simple, a college grad could understand it. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, Jesus Christ is the express image of God's person. What did he just say? Jesus put a face on grace. I ain't done. I ain't done. First uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 19, the scripture says, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. And unless God decides to make himself visible, you won't see him now, and you won't see him a trillion years from now. He is spirit without form, without beginning, without ending, without measure. King David, King Solomon dedicated the temple and said, The heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain me. How much less this house I have built. For thou art God from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. But the scripture says, In Jesus Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's talking about quality. He's not talking about quantity. You cannot contain the quantity of God. When you get on the other side of a black hole, He's there. When the Americans put their flag on the moon and said, We take this planet for, God said, I'm here. When we went to the bottom of the depths of the sea and said, Look what we discovered, God said, Let's hear it first. When we go to outer space, we bump into him. He, you understand what I'm saying? He is spirit. That's why he can be in multiplicity of places and still choose to speak through one organ or through one vessel. That's why when Jesus was baptized, the scripture says a voice came from heaven. And some dummy says, hey, that's the Trinity. Stupid. That's not the Trinity. That's the eternal everlasting God, who is Father of all, who is Spirit, speaking. He can speak in New York tonight. He can speak in Tokyo. He can speak in Bangladesh. He can speak in Moscow. But that doesn't make him four, five, six. That makes him one. But that gives him the power of being Almighty God to be all places at all times to express himself any way he wants to. Stay with me now. No sleeping. Philip walks up to Jesus and says, Show us the Father. And it suffices us. Jesus is taken back aghast. Show us the Father. Phil, did you say that? Yeah, I'd like to see the Father. If, if, if I could see the Father, I could get this Trinity one thing taken care of. You see, I'm a one-God Jew, and, and, and I ain't never taught all this heathenistic multiplicity of deities. I just always believed Jehovah was God, and, and, and I just kind of like to see the Father. Can you see Jesus when he strikes a pose? <laughs> Philip, and I've been for a long time with you, but thou hast not known me. I can see Philip saying, yeah, I know you. I just want to see the Father. And he blows his little Hebrew head. He that has seen me has seen the Father. 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The works that I do, my Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. I and my Father are one. Now, stay with me. Jesus said, I go away, and I'm going to send back another comforter. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't know Him, hasn't seen Him. Watch this. But you know Him, and you've seen Him. Now, come on, let's let it get in our brains. You can't see a spirit. How can you see a spirit? Did Jesus make a mistake? No. He said, I'm going to send back the Spirit of truth. And you know Him, and He dwelleth with you. Huh? I don't get it. Fellas, didn't I tell you I was the truth? Uh-huh. Didn't the Word of God say, God, thy word is truth? Uh-huh. Didn't I tell you that the Word became flesh? Uh-huh. Didn't I tell you that my Father, who is Spirit, lives inside me, does the work, and He is the God of truth? Uh-huh. Well, why are you having a hard time understanding who the Spirit of Truth is? Yeah. Only an unregenerated mind could say, another spirit. But he says, the Spirit of Truth that dwells with you and shortly shall be in you. The Spirit that dwelled in Jesus. Wait a minute. What dwelled in Jesus? Watch what Jesus said. My Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. But then over in Acts 10, 36 through 38, Peter says, Jesus Christ, a man approved of God, who God had anointed with the Holy Ghost, who went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Mm. Now Jesus has got the Holy Ghost, and he's also got the Father. Whoopee. Honey, we only name the Creator Father because of his birthing and creative process. But we label the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, because it is an emanation, which means poured out in operation for anointing. The Holy Ghost comes upon you and in you for function. Stick with me now. For function. Jesus is full of the Father and full of the Holy Spirit. Two spirits? No one spirit. They are the self and same spirit. I hate to lose. I hate to make you think the last night. Oh God. And he calls the Comforter, which is to come, the Holy Ghost. Listen, see if I can make you understand. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the Spirit of Truth. Jesus is the Truth. That's why he is the Word of God, because the Word of God is Truth. Therefore, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the Father that indwelled Jesus. I'll prove it to you. The writer of the book of Romans said that when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive the Spirit of Adoption, and we cry, Abba, which is Father. 
Now, you didn't get it. You preachers missed it. You missed it. Abba is the Hebrew word that means father. But watch this. When, when you little mamas give birth to your little bambinos and your little bubbles, you know what? They can already talk. You just can't understand them. Right. You get that little baby out, you little, oh, oh, baby. I go take the boogie I can look Now, if you're a mother or daddy that's in love, you say, oh, he just said he'd like for me to change him. Now, wait a minute. When we are born from the womb of the church, we too come out speaking. But those around us can't understand it. But the Father can understand it because it's the language of heaven. Sit, sit down just a second. I'm almost there. Now, I want to I just show you something funny. I think one of the funniest things in the Bible is the Trinitarian dilemma of the resurrection. Jesus been bumped off and put in that hole in the ground, and they put a, a stone in front of that. Honey, that stone was a pebble compared to the Rock of Ages who's inside. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have been there that morning when the Trinity showed up. Because the writer says in, in Acts over here, it says that Jesus was raised by God the Father. So now here comes God the Father. What are you doing? Oh, I've got to go down here and raise my dead kid up, man. Poor dude's dead. You know, I've got to raise him up. And all of a sudden, God the Father gets a tap on the top of his shoulder with a wing. Because the Holy Spirit just flew in from Milwaukee, and he's coming over here to do this resurrection. But the Bible said that the Holy Ghost raised Jesus from the dead. Now, it's funny to me, brother. Because here's supposedly God the Father and God the Holy Spirit getting ready to raise this dead man. And all of a sudden the dead man gets up and says, Hey, I already said destroy this temple in three days. Ah! We'll raise it up. I don't need you. I don't need you to get that I am the fullness of the Godhead in a body. Jesus is telling the truth. He raised himself. Why? Because Jesus is the Father in flesh. You've got to get this one, people. It's got to get in your soul. It's more than just a screaming match tonight. You've got to understand Jesus was the Almighty God in a body. Sit down just a Another few minutes and I'll be finished. I found a very interesting scripture that's very, very mind-boggling to people whose minds don't work. Watch this. The Bible said in Acts 20 and 28, it says, Take heed, brethren, to feed the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. To feed, watch this, the church of God, whom God has purchased with his own blood. 
Now wait a minute. We've got a dilemma. God is a spirit that has neither flesh, bone, nor blood. God doesn't have blood because he's spirit and that's his lifeline. Blood only functions on this plane. When Jesus came through the walls that day after the resurrection and they were scared to death, he grabbed a hold of a piece of honeycomb and fish and he said, handle me and see. I'm not a spirit. Watch what he says. I'm flesh and bone. When we talk, we usually say, my God, I'm only flesh and blood. Jesus didn't say he was flesh and blood. He said, I'm flesh and bone. Why? The blood was on Calvary. So I want to know, when did God buy the church with his own blood? I'll tell you when, when he incarnated himself in the man Jesus and when poured out his life blood on the altar of Golgotha, God bought the church with his own blood. Jesus is Almighty God. Stay with me. You ready? You ready, Rev? Revelation 19. I'll be there in a second. But I hope I'm not boring. Yeah, I know you're real quiet. You have to understand something. Jesus went to hell. Oh, yes, he did. It was high court in hell. 72 hours, high court in hell. 72 hours, they had high court in hell. Jesus descended into the bowels of the earth. He went down. He never went to the lake of fire because the lake of fire is the final destination of all dead sinners. But he went to the holding pen, which is the grave in the bowels of the earth. And they had high court in hell for 72 hours. I love that scripture because the Bible says, Death could not hold him. Death tried to hold him. Can you see death that day when Jesus stands before the tribunal of the evil one and he says, well, we finally bumped you off. We finally got you. Now you're mine. And they bring all the accusations against him. And he's so full of righteousness, he just keeps canceling the debts. Until finally, he satisfied all the claims of God's judicial decree and satisfied all the claims of any sinner to ever be saved. And he still has mountains and mountains of righteousness. And he's standing there. And all of a sudden, death says, Should I, chief? And Lucifer says, Get him, boy! And old death goes, And Jesus goes, I said it couldn't hold him. I said death couldn't hold him. You need to understand something. Jesus was not just raised from the dead. The Bible said he is the firstborn from the dead. Why? He becomes the first fruits of a brand new race. He became the firstborn from the dead. And now we, who are dead in trespasses and sins, we get the same spirit and we become a harvest, a resurrected race. 
Sit down. Sit down. I'm telling you the truth. I can see Jesus, Brother Kenny, go there when he throws off death. And he gets ready to leave. He's getting ready to bust a hole right out of the belly of this earth. He ain't going out the back door, pal. As he gets ready to leave, all of a sudden he hears a jingle. Jingling, Hey, Satan. Give me that keys, punk. He goes over and he unlocks the abode of the righteous dead. Out comes Abraham, out comes Isaac, out comes Moses, out comes Elijah. And at the resurrection, they saw them walking around downtown. The saints of God were resurrected when he came out. Why? He is the resurrection and he is the life. And you have got that power in you. Okay, just a few more minutes and I'm finished. Read, Rev. Watch this, Revelation 19.1. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. Yeah, it wasn't a lone ranger. Yeah. Read. He that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Makes war. Read. His eyes were as a flame of fire, now, and on his head were many crowns. Where have I read that before? Eyes of fire, many crowns, sword out of his mouth. I've read that someplace. Where did I read that? Read on. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Here. Here. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Watch this. And his name is called the Word of God. How come his vesture is dipped in blood? He's been to Calvary. What's he doing in heaven? Been resurrected and ascended. What's he doing on the horse? Fixing to come fight at Armageddon. You ready for this, babe? Read the next one. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Oh, the Reverend Bo. You ready, baby cakes? We're going to get on them, Steve. Because he's alive, the horse, and the armies that are in heaven, you know who that army is? It's the church of Jesus Christ, who's been resurrected in the city, into the beautiful things of God, and we're coming back to rule and to reign with him forever and ever. The church and the head will be one. Okay, sit down just a second. I'll try to close. I'm sorry to make you keep getting up. Ready? Everybody say with me, I'm Alpha. And I'm Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the roses Sharon. I'm the lily of the valley. I'm the bride and the morning star. I'm the root 
and the offspring of David. And he that was dead, was dead, was dead, was dead. But now, but now, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive forevermore. And I got the keys of death and hell. And I'll keep plenty men, women, boys, girl, that is thirsty to drink of the waters of life. I am the Almighty. Now, sweetheart, you ain't going to be a college grad to figure out you can't have the one Almighty. If you're Almighty, that means you got all power. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. For many years, I used to study that and used to try to figure it in my mind, Well, who, where do you get the all power from? If it's given to him, and the Trinitarian would say, Well, the Father gave it to him. Puke on that. The Father didn't give it to him. The only thing that the Son didn't have all power over was death. You say, well, he raised the dead. Yeah, but he raised the dead to die again. The Scripture says that devil had the power of death. Come on, theologian. Come on, Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. The devil had the power of death. You will not find one scripture ever recorded where Jesus, before Matthew 28, 19, and 20, ever said, I have all power. Never said it. Why? Because there was one power that had to be handled with through the sacrifice of Calvary and the shedding of blood. And when Jesus died for all men and rose for our justification, he took the power of death and hell away from the evil one and then said, I now have all power. Well, you know, I feel like I confuse you people when I talk. The power of oneness releases us from confusion, which prohibits us from being bold and progressive. Jesus said with his own mouth, If thine eye be single, then you're full of light. But he said, if your eye is evil, the correct translation is if that eye is divided. Then you're full of darkness. And the light is in you as darkness. How great is that darkness? Judas Iscariot was close to Jesus Christ. Yet far away from him. For distance is not geography, and proximity is not closeness. He must walk with, with Paul, yet his heart was far from God. Mrs. Lot escaped the judgment geography of the fire coming on Sodom and Gomorrah, which she dies in the plain because her affections are not where her body is. She's divided. I'm finishing. God's tragic cursing of Israel was simply in Matthew 15. Well did he say as the prophet prophesied, you saying, this people draw nigh unto me with their lips, 
but their hearts divided. Okay. Oneness brings a glorious release. Sister Godair, I'm so sorry I didn't get to finish my sermon for you. I wanted to make you laugh and fall out of the chair. I'll have to come back sometime when I'm older. The last thing that I didn't get for the Barnhill to read for me the other night about Moses, Moses' last argument with God was, I'm not an eloquent speaker. You know what the Bible says about Moses? He had a speech impediment. It's a talk like this. He had a lisp. A lisp. And I think it's so unique that God would choose a dude with a lisp, a, 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 a stutter, to put on the release of three million slaves. Now, can, can you just see it? You'll bear with me just. Moses walking after God finally gets them to agree with him. So they're thinking the same. Walking into Pharaoh's court that day and says, Where'd my people go? Now when America chooses an ambassador, we don't get a guy with a bowling shirt wearing sneakers and needing a shave. We get men or women who look well, hold themselves properly, articulate the verbiage correctly, give a good impression. Because that's the way flesh does. But now poor old God, because apparently he's not as smart as our flesh, he takes this bimbo that can't talk right, who's an ex-murderer whose picture's on the most wanted list in downtown Egypt. Honey, he did not leave Egypt with the Nobel Prize or the Pulitzer Prize for peace. The dude buried a dead Egyptian in the sand and hit the road. And now God says, I want you to go back. Did you see him, Brother Kenny, when he walks up to the Pharaoh? I don't know if he built you, dude. And the, can you, you have to appreciate the Pharaoh. Who's this sunburned bimbo? What did you say, fool? I said, the women of the girl of gold. Yes, right now, we will go. Can you just see him laughing? Oh my God. Is this the best God can produce? He says, let three million Jews go. You believe the sons of law, man. Your brain's fried. Watch this. Now, you've got to appreciate this. Moses says, uh, I, 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 I'm out there talking to this bush. That's what he said. When he said, who sent you? The, the bush sent you. Can you see the mockery of Egypt? You're talking to a bush in the sun? 
the, the bush was talking to you. And he, he just goes, yes. You think that's crazy? When you go to school and you go to work and you tell people, I was talking to God and God was talking to me, they go, what? You mean God talks to you? Yes, He talks to me. You mean you can hear? Yes, I can hear. Hello, if God can talk to your fist, God can talk to your spirit. We're not crazy. We're serving the God of the bus. Sit, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. Now, you, you understand this, Reverend? I want you to get it. A tongue-tied ambassador with a magic stick. Eating up snakes. Turning rivers to blood. Tongue-tied. And hell looks at some of us and says, is this the best God can come up with? I mean, I mean, you, you poor stupid little old girls, all plain face, no long eyelashes, no little Clarabella clown donuts on your face. You little... Little old skirt that, my God, if you sneeze, everybody's going to jail. You think I'm a Kenya? Honey, hell in the world looks on you kids with such disdain. That's why the PTL and the 700, all the, 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 the Oral Roberts variety show and all the rest of that foolishness are all sitting there with their little chicks wincing their fannies and their bosoms hanging out and big old lips and earrings and stuff. And I'm looking at that thing. Is that the best you can come up with, hell? Is that the best you can come up with? My God, you ought to see the campus I preach to. You ought to see the saints of God that I deal with. He purifies the meat with salvation. This world intimidates you. You've been called by a high calling. You've got the Holy Ghost. Don't you let this world try to make you like them. But it, it may be the best God to do, but the three million Jews went free. He was able to open a Red Sea. Jonah, I'm finishing again. Stay, stay with me. You, you ain't got nothing to do but go eat, Bo. We'll go eat after a while. Just watch this. I'm going to put it in you. I met some idiot on the plane the other day. He says, my wife was sitting next to me and said, Holiness? I said, so you talk to me? He said, well, I noticed you was reading your Bible and I, 
sort of the way your wife's hair was and stuff. I, I, I kind of figured, a snide, a little snide. I figured he was holding this. I said, well, thank you. Thank you, yes. We're holding this. And I went back to read my Bible and he said, standards and hair and dress and all that stuff. I said, yes, sir. I don't believe that. I said, me and Jesus could care less what you believe. <laughs> Your opinion ain't worth squat. I've lived my life for one opinion. I want to hear him say, well done. I want to hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. so rude, representing you so cruelly, but stuff fixed me off. Stinking backslidden creep. That's what he told me, brother, honey. Well, I, my wife and I used to believe that, but the Lord delivered. I said, listen here, slam bucket. The Lord didn't deliver you from squat. That's a stinking devil. God didn't bring you out of that. God ain't going to bring you out of holiness until you go to heaven. God ain't going to let you go until we get in that city. Stick and live bum. Now hear what I'm telling you, kiddies. Because when the emotion's gone and the feeling's gone and the camp's over, you're going to have a lot of your buzzed brain friends. They're going to make fun of you. You hear me? They're going to tell you, how come you don't wear britches? How come you don't cut your hair? How come you don't wear How come, how come, how come, how come, how come? You need to just get it in your gut and say, because I don't want to. I don't want to. Because I don't want to. That's why. Because I found a better way. Because God's not pleased with it. And if God's not pleased with it, I'm not going to do it no matter how convenient it is. to finish it right now. My God. Huh? Reverend, I'm talking about oneness, buddy. I didn't have the privilege you had. You're a godly mom and raised in this truth. I come out of whorehouses and hunky dumps and jails, son. I didn't have what you had. And if that speech embarrasses you, tough break. I'm going to just tell you right to your stinking kisser. This crud around us about you bunch of bimbos and people that always wanted to go back to the world. I came from there. I was a drunk. I was a liar. I was immoral. I was a thief. I came from there. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the human race. And I'm not going back. They ain't got anything I want. They ain't got anything I want. But I've got everything they need. One more time. Now calm yourself. 
Kanisa. Stinking mold. Right. I'm gonna tell you, a bunch of immoral, filthy birds can't keep their britches on, can't keep their clothes on, can't keep their minds out of the gutter, can't keep their lips off everything. Bunch of dirty, filthy pigs. I'm gonna tell you what, man. You go messing around the spirit of this world, you're gonna end up pregnant, you're gonna end up a prostitute, you're gonna end up a fag, you're gonna end up a drug addict. You gotta stay away from this world. You better love the oneness of God. You better hold on to holiness. You better hold on to the truth. It's going to be your salvation.